Space for Live, Painkiller Nearly, episode 122. Our, like, offshoot podcast, longer than most podcasts. It's true. You know what? To be proud of? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking, though, like, like so I, I don't know if Kyle feels the same way, but I think host migration got the whole gaming podcast scene to happen. The one with Hut, C. Nanners, and Trump, Trumpy, something like that? Correct. Both, both were right. Okay. Um, you got you got the same guy. You got two variations on the same name. Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed with that. Usually, I take a shot of the name and I get a loss. It's rare that yeah, I take rare one shot and get two like, wins. Yeah, he's Billy Bob, <laughs> aka Stevie Stevenson, aka the Big Bopper, aka Little Mike. Like he doesn't know their other names. And, like also know. Or Woody, like, that's like a collateral damage yes, in Call of yeah, Duty. Yeah, yeah. He just happens upon two. Two you know? birds, one stone. Not a good one. The kind where he just. Turned wildly and fired. Oh shit! <laughs> Two kills. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, when you look back, they only had like ten or thirteen episodes, something like that. Like it wasn't a ton. It wasn't even a lot. It, like, yeah. and uh, but somehow it did kick off like this. I guess I ours. Spurred, I think. Off I think Wings the way I recall one. it was that they had started doing their podcast, and then meanwhile, it wasn't that we were interested in making a podcast per se. It was just that we were all in this these like group Skype chats. It mm -hmm. would be like me and you and and X Jaws and um, like maybe Sam Five Thousand or, or or you know they'd just be a collection of like Call Pyro. of Duty commentator type guys, totally Pyro, all those guys, guy. and uh, we'd all be in like a. a Three-way, four-way, eight-way Skype call. You know, getting up to no, no, no good and joking around, and and you know, hmm. sometimes it led to us messing with somebody like Junkyard, but this time it led us to, uh, you know, making a making a podcast. Mostly it was Wings. I think, I, to be honest, I never listened to uh, the no host migration. Like, I, um, I don't think I knew how to listen to it at the time. I was aware of its existence and that you know what it was. That it was these three guys hanging out talking, and that that's you know doing a radio show type thing. I got that, but like I never really listened. It um, like I, I think that their podcast is the reason that Wings made one. I thought Wings had a certain like there's a talent in being like, hey, why not us, right? Because maybe too often I like I'm wired to say like, oh, well, well let me list the reasons. We are not nearly the men that those guys That's are. That's what we do well. See, they, they, <laughs> they always, you know, the U.S. is always Lists. like. 18th in like mathematics scores, but number one in like um, in uh, confidence going into the test. Like, <laughs> like globally, we lead in confidence. So like, if there's something that, and, and that means a lot. It there, does. There's a lot to be said for that. Like like sure, there might be eight other smarter, more qualified guys, but they're gonna be like, uh uh, I, I'm not getting on that rocket and going the fuck up there. But we've got the guys that'll climb on top of that rocket, even though. Everybody else who put it together and set it up, the real geniuses go into a bunker two miles away. <laughs> We're happy to go get yeah, on there. You know what you want is you want the Nazi guy who went to German school when they're like, that greater than sign is too large. It is not a uniform across the page. And like, no credit. Like, you want that guy building the rocket because he's going to see that little lug nut or whatever. And he's going to be like, that, that is not quite enough to turn. Oh, that is perfect. <laughs> uh, Whereas the other guy is going to be you. like, yeah, Jewish manufacturing. <laughs> Have a good. Ah, <laughs> couple of loose screws in here. There's a Jew about, as we say. You know, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I have to decode that in my head. There's and a then, Jew uh, about. <laughs> and then the other guy, like if you have an American doing that, you wouldn't want it because he would make it and be like, "It's perfect. I know it's perfect because I'm perfect and I make perfect things." My mom and dad told me, "I'm like, I got a whole shelf of participation trophies." I actually know. Germans lately like it 
they're that way. The truth is, there's a German sort of thing that's like, I am perfect. This is the right answer. The further you deviate from what I think is right, the more wrong you are. And it's called perfected shroud. I'm sorry. Perfected shroud. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that, <laughs> that's my impression of Germans. They're actually getting kind of beat up in the paramotor world right now because of that exact attitude. They're not changing. Yeah, a little Americans, more German news. Go on. I was going to talk like about uh, so Angela Merkel recently spoke. It's interesting her little uh, switcheroo her, her in stance. So she just won her reelection, I right? think. Yeah, and now she's really seeing that 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 big um, um, bunch of refugees that she let into the country really is a problem. So over fifty percent of Germans are say that that is their yeah, but biggest have seen problem. That All of us here at <laughs> for goddamn sure, we should really be one of her advisors. Mm. So uh, she just recently really um, spoke about a burqa ban in Germany, and uh, which which that might be big news. And it is. And then on top of that, her, um, what do they call it? Defense minister, uh, DM, I think. I, th I think I read that right. Uh, I think her defense minister, who's a, who's a woman, uh, visited Saudi Arabia and did not wear the, the burqa or the, uh, whatever the thing to conceal their body, the, the big black robe. The burqa, thing. That would be the burqa, right? Robe. The hijab is the, the hair thing. Okay, thank you. The hijab you. is just the head. The burqa is the whole, the whole body. Yeah. Ah, well, I... Gonna That's get fine. rid of that information right at right now, <laughs> um, but but I just saw a picture of her. She's a I don't know a a, a good looking late forties blonde woman, very petite, with like a business suit on with no tie, like mm -hmm. walking among all these guys dressed as sheiks, and they're all kind of they're all looking at her smiling. But I, in my head, I'm like, what are they thinking? Because you know, I wonder what they're really thinking. I wonder. Yeah. Right? Are look they at thinking... her walking around like a person? <laughs> <laughs> are, are they like, look at that slut, <laughs> that whore? People. Or the, the, that slut, that whore, that, you know, the, how dare she show her hair? Or are they thinking, like, they're disrespecting my culture? Are they thinking, um, oh, look at that. I can do anything I want to them. That she's just open for fucking. She wants it. Because apparently that's what the immigrants think when they see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, that, I, mean, what, I think what's more likely, what I was thinking they were thinking, just looking at their faces and, and reading that, was like, I, I think they're almost like some of our more conservative politicians who might on the stump talk about, some really um, harsh stuff against uh, against gays and lesbians and stuff. But when they run into one, when there's one visiting their offices there, they're, they're just another fucking person. I don't think they cared. They didn't seem like they did. But it was definitely like kind of a message to them, right? A and kind of a message to the German people, I guess, as well. That's interesting that that whole thing backfired on her. I saw a video this week of some immigrants kicking an old woman down some stairs. I, Always something. There are so many horrible, horrible YouTube, not YouTube, actually, live leak. Yeah. Um, Websites like World Star Hip Hop, where it's just refugees beating the shit out of people or causing mischief or mayhem or, you know, Rip. I'm not going to say not all of them because that goes without saying. Just all of them that we found. <laughs> but th there. this is the you kind know, of they, issue they, they that I. This is the kind of issue oh, I struggle with because I feel like everyone who talks about it has an agenda, right? So I have definitely seen people say, hey, immigration makes a country strong on a whole, right? With the people that come tend to be best and brightest from their other country because they need to be motivated. They need to be like whatever. Um, that's, that's an argument I've seen made. And in the, uh, in the IT world, 
it's often true, you know, like if you look at India's population as a whole, and then the subset that works in Cisco IT, we're grabbing the people who did better in school, who came from better families, who had servants. It's not the servants who are getting over here. So like in my little world, you know, the lens that I see it through, I'm like, all right, all right. So when they say best and brightest come here, I see that. The ones that were motivated to yeah. go seek a better life are the ones who, who go over here. They're and sending their best. They're IT They're STEM majors. <laughs> Yeah, those high school, those high skill in demand workers, very much more easy for them to assimilate into a new place than a huge horde of migrants who a lot of them just will not adapt to a new way of life. They will try and revert wherever they get to to where so the way I, of life where they came from. So I see people making the argument that immigration is really great for a country, that, the country that it keeps it strong, that they're getting good people, etc. And then I see people making the counter argument that immigration is terrible, they ruin the country, they're they're criminals and they're rapists, and you know that, that they're And some of them I assume are good people. I don't think anybody <laughs> says that, that immigration causes that. I think that people are saying that this allowance of these migrants in causes that. Because immigration in my head is mm -hmm. like if I decide Hey, I, I would love to live in England, and I go Canada more likely, work right? out, and I do everything. Like, imagine then this, would, Taylor. Imagine you get offered immigrant. a job in Vancouver, and you can work like three blocks away from whatever Vancouver's nicest hockey stadium is that you could actually go play. And like every week after work and Friday, you know, you're going to like go play hockey with your buddies. That that might tempt you to become a Canadian. I think you're more yeah, likely I'm to be Canadian. In, in that situation, I would be an immigrant. Yeah, but if I invaded Canada set up a shack outside of the Canucks stadium with a bunch of blues stuff on it and said, this is blues country. And I started lighting shit on fire and, and ruining cars and kicking the windows of cop cars, you know, bring me somewhere to sit. I, I can't watch the blues game here. It's not on local. And they're like, you know, settle down. This isn't like where you were from. <laughs> no, but it should be. No, why isn't this place the way it should be? It should be exactly like the place I left, which is a horrible hell. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> no, I'm to bring that culture to you. The problem with the immigration thing is it seems like the language gets so muddied and blurry mm -hmm. because people intentionally try and say immigration. I'm not. You didn't do this, Woody. I'm not saying this. People on the news and stuff, they'll try and say immigration uh, as a way to co-opt, uh, to try and make it seem like immigration, immigration, migrant crises, like, yeah. act like that's all the same thing. And acting like opposing one of them means, oh, so you don't think so? fucking Bjork from Sweden should be able to come in and, and make a good life for his families or whatever he would <laughs> want to do. I just it, like you can't act like diversity is inherently good. Like it's not diversity shouldn't be the end goal. You know, if a bunch of really good people who are diverse come over, great, pick them because it should be a meritocracy and they're great. But just you can't just form a company and go, all right, well, we need nine black people, eight Hispanics. Uh, we need a lot of women, a lot of women. And then we need, um, does, can we get someone with one foot maybe, maybe an amputee? And then so, you go through and you grab those people. And like it just diversity shouldn't funny. be the end goal. If you happen upon it on the way to success, that's great. But you shouldn't be – That that's not – yeah. So Hope it's was applying for college, and uh, I think it was NC State where I have my master's. One, one of the essay questions was like, please explain to us why diversity is so important to you and why diversity, you know, it, it makes the school better and things like that. And uh, she asked me to proofread it and help her and such. But in, like, well, you know, we got something in there that we think is good. My knee-jerk reaction is like, <laughs> diversity is not a goal in and of itself. 
Like fairness, meritocracy, uh, you know, the, the, the best getting the best and the worst getting the worst. These are the objectives, right? You should be looking to take the best students that your school can get, right? You know, just making your school go to as high as it can. You shouldn't just be like, oh, yeah, you know, we absolutely have to get some gingers in here because, you know, diversity. That's, that's yeah. crazy. But you want good, you know, the way I would have answered that would have gone. I would have gone like a diversity of opinion, diversity of thought route. And been like, oh, on university, it is so cherished that we're allowed to have div different opinions, you know, and whatever, whatever. But, yeah, that's it, it is stupid the way they try and frame it to program you to think that diversity is somehow this end game. Mm -hmm. When it's like, no, it's not. Good diversity is great. If someone walks into the boardroom and says, hey, I've got a different idea. You should go, that's good. That's diversity. That's a good idea. We'll, we'll muse on that. You shouldn't go, ah, well, you have a hijab on in a vagina, so I'm going to take that bad idea very seriously. Or, oh, you have a, uh, a, a dick and you're white, so I'm going to take your idea more seriously than I would if you had a vagina. Or what, it, it shouldn't matter about that. Like, it's, Check out this video. So I, was watching, I was watching CNN this afternoon, and they were um, – so, so Jim Brown uh, met with Donald Trump uh, today – and so then they interviewed Jim Brown on CNN, and they, they asked him about the fact that, you know, the, the lack of diversity in Trump's cabinet you look picture. At the like, it's mostly white men. Here, and his reaction was great. You look at the... Um, one moment, please. You got an ad to watch, maybe? Uh, I've got to, like, change the screen to the big one and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I'm ready now. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Ready, yep, I'm good. set, play. Pictures of this cabinet here, Jim. You see, I mean, you have uh, the majority are white men in Mr. Trump's cabinet. There have been, you know, uh, critics have said this is not diverse enough. Yes, there are women. Uh, yes, there are minorities represented, but not the majority. Does that, does that bother you? Is that a big deal to you? I've lived all my life in America, and I'm 80 years old. So I have seen discrimination at its worst. I understand slavery, I study history. The only thing that I've always done, I've tried to make sure that I was a decent person and that I worked outside of myself to make things better. So I don't always look at black and white, but I'm gonna say this to you. Yes. And I don't ever say this. The three greatest people in my life were white. Okay, my high school coach, my high school superintendent, and my mentor in Manhasset, Long Island. I never had a father, really. My great-grandmother raised me. But I was in this country where I got help from people that were not of my same color. So when I come out of the box, I don't come out of the box as racial. I look for good people and people that will be like-minded and help me try to do good for other human beings. So that's truly where I'm coming from. I thought that was pretty good. I do too. Yeah, and, and I, I hated her, the way she she posed the question. She's like, when you look at this, there aren't minor the majority of his picks weren't minorities. Mm -hmm. Can you believe it? And it's like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? You're the fucking Nazi, you cunt! Like you're are the you fucking surprised Nazi. Are you trying fact? to do exterminate yeah. the whites? Like what are you doing here? I it's absurd. If you heard that about anything else, if there was any other group who was clearly the one who was the outsider, he's like. Aren't you, what she's saying is, doesn't it bother you there's so many whiteies in there? If we did that about Jews or blacks or Mexicans or women or anything else, there'd be fucking hell to pay. Dude, there are so many questions that are just clever ways of phrasing. Don't you hate white men? 
don't, don't you hate older white men or young white men? Whatever. We're not them. We can talk shit. Like just this garbage. And the way and the way that she asked the question shows mm-hmm. perfectly this kind of soft bigotry of low expectations. This head patty, condescending, paternalistic. You know, telling someone like implying that someone voted against their best interests isn't doing them a service telling someone that that's profoundly condescending. If you would say that to someone, you need to reevaluate the way you talk to people because that's fucking stupid and and mean. But the way they go, you know, aren't you surprised by by not any black people like trying to bait him, trying to say, you know, you know what I want you to say. You know what you're supposed to say here. You're black. That means I already know what you fucking think. You're our group. You belong to our side. So I know your opinions. I can go right down the checklist and tell you what you believe. Oh, you don't believe that? I'm fucking flabbergasted. Now I'm acting aghast that someone in my little niche box of I know exactly what black people are like broke out. Like if you look at like Clarence Thomas, like any really conservative black people, all of them have quotes saying, you know, the worst I've ever been treated are by, you know, elitists like white or by far whites leftists, in the north. Far leftists. I think that's literally his quote. His literal quote is like something about the worst I've ever been treated. It was by whites in the north or something like that. Yeah. Who knows? You know, it, 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 that's all anecdotal, of course. But I just found this pretty interesting. And of course, I found it interesting that Trump is meeting with everyone from Kanye West to Jim Brown to to leaders of, of uh, heads of state. To, to to billionaires who who have hundreds of millions of dollars worth of assets to move around, it's it's really <laughs> fascinating to watch the people uh, who are going up and down those golden elevators and 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 responding to the siren call of Donald Trump. <laughs> he rep- he made um the Exxon guy his Secretary of State. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. that was the one position where I didn't really want an outsider. Like it, I um obviously you're not going to get like my first choice or something who might be Biden, but. Uh, I was hoping there'd be like a Newt Gingrich or someone with international experience, but instead he chose I this. I think for for guy. most companies, like the W, like Vince McMahon doesn't have any foreign policy experience. I would think. Okay. But I would think that someone who is the CEO of the largest company on earth, who's brokering deals with leaders in countries, is going to have some kind of experience in in foreign business you know like i don't know with russia that's just a thought because it's not like it's you know build a bear that he's running it's exxon mobile they keep painting it like and and kyle said it too like oh he he worked with russia he worked with russia and obviously if you work with oil russia is one of the bigger oil producing countries so you're going to work with russia i'm trying to like remove the lens from it and be like did he really work with russia 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 was that like his thing was he just on the phone with russia all the time i have the facts on that Okay, well, let me just finish. Or was he also talking to Saudi Arabia and the you know North Sea and et cetera? So please enlighten me. So they der- so they definitely deal with everyone. But mm-hmm. the thing that's interesting about the relationship with Russia, the ex- that being Exxon Mobil and specifically, what's his name, Rex Tillerman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and spe- specifically him. So he did the deal for Exxon. It's not, of course, you know, if you're a listener, don't think of Rex Tillerman as the guy who owns Exxon Mobil and like like in the same way that maybe Donald Trump is sort of the the guy for for Trump and Trump's empire but the reason he was dealing directly with Putin in those meetings and drinking champagne with Putin is because Russia's biggest oil company maybe their only one I'm not quite sure about that little caveat is owned by the government it's the it, it's it's nationalized so of course when you do a massive deal with their oil company Putin's going to be in the room cuz mm-hmm. he kind of owns that thing and what's really interesting yeah. about the specific deal that they did and I think it puts us in a real position of power um, us being 
Americans, um, um, you know, people on this side of the globe, the whole thing, especially with having him in there as Secretary of State, and that's that the uh, the Russians have access to a ton of oil on the North Pole, but they can't get to it. They don't have the technology. No one in the world has the technology to get to that oil except for Exxon Mobil. They're the only ones who can get to it, and that's a real uh, nice place to bargain from. So I, I like that deal. Um, I, I like his appointment. Um, and I kind of feel like I, I saw them doing the old uh, Charlie Brown pull the football out from under you move to Mitt Romney as he's running along thinking he's Secretary <laughs> yeah. of State. Kind of like that move, too. Um, this guy's worth has $200 billion worth of worth just in ExxonMobil. You know, he's or $200 billion. Uh, you know, he's a billionaire. He's a super successful guy. And that's what I see as a commonality in all of Trump's picks is whether you like him or you hate him, whether they're bigots or racists, they're all winners. They're all winners at whatever they do, whatever they chose as their field. And uh, it, it's kind of an all-star team of businessmen and, 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 uh, and people who know what they're doing, it seems like. I wouldn't say that lots of losers make it to anybody's presidential cabinet. I, I do sure, feel like some sure. of his picks, like the EPA one Hillary in particular. Made it, and she's I, one of the biggest losers in history. <laughs> she yeah. was actually the, the chief of that staff yeah. as the biggest loser in history. She was secretary right? of state, not chief of state. Yeah, I know. I was, I, I was making a joke about her losing the election, making her a loser. Like, oh, like yeah. she was a loser. I see. I missed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought was... um, anything. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, there are a couple. The Secretary of State one, and then I'm sure someone else could. No, the EPA head was one, and I forget the other. There's two. I think people are throwing stones at more than the rest. But they don't like Bannon in there. But that's probably not what you're thinking about. Um, I'm just looking at the image here. Let's Is it see. The defense guy. Or was there a? Was there some guy in charge of intelligence that buys into? Uh, that retweets fake news all the time. Is that Bannon? Or maybe his son does. I, he, I think no, the they guy... both do. But his son, oh. in particular, retweeted the Pizzagate one, so his son got fired. Um, but his, they both retweet fake news, and now they're in charge of like intelligence or something. And that, that was a sketchy well, they'll get one to the bottom to of it now. And see, well, see, now they'll find yeah. out about that whole Pizzagate thing. They will get to the bottom Dude, of this one I way or another. We'll Pizzagate find out where emails. those speaker chips are. I didn't see them as strange as trailer did i i just it looked like they were talking about the pizza emails to me. yeah wait you thought they were actually talking about pizza and yeah. was, when he was saying like oh man i'd love to fuck me a piece of pepperoni like he wouldn't he didn't actually say that in the words <laughs> i didn't but, see that one but it is the, <laughs> but, the text like kyle read it as well i don't yeah. think there's like i've said i don't think there's a cabal of pedophiles running a pizza place in a ping pong joint but there's they are abs to read those and think they're talking about pizza is, is they were talking the ones I saw. They were talking about like some sort of topping I had never heard of, having to do with like crushed almonds or something. I, I forget sounds what like exactly code. they crushed. It sounds like the nerdiest conversation ever. Like maybe maybe it's taken out of context, and it's a bunch of them. It, maybe they're all taken out of context, and we just don't get their little inside There's jokes. And they all really ate. A, maybe they ate a shitload of pizza together while they worked, and we just don't know that pizza is is what fuels the DC powers power curve. Like it's maybe that's it. they it's were, pepperoni. Maybe they or were maybe one they of were lying. Satanic seances, and they got a little too drunk on semen wine, and yeah. then just sent a bunch of weird emails. Have some fermented goat cum. We know. Ah! I, I, hey, John, talking to John Podesta, Podesta. It looks like. Yep. Uh, I know you're a true master of cuisine, and we have appreciated that for years. But walnut sauce for the pasta, Mary? Please tell us the straight story. What was in the sauce? What the sauce? Um, shit. Was the sauce actually tasty? 
It's an amazing Linguarian dish made with crushed walnuts made into a paste. Stop being so California. It sounded like they were talking about pizza to me. Well, they're talking about pasta there. Um, yeah, that that sounds like they actual are talking pizza. about pasta. My bad. Yes, that sounds, see, see, that they're not even pasta. talking about pizza there. That's pasta um, now. That is pasta talk. I, I'll, I'll I'll co-sign on that right away. Whoa. Yeah, they're talking yeah, about that some makes gross sense, pasta. and I agree because I wouldn't want a walnut paste sauce on my pasta. No. That sounds terrible. <laughs> but the one in particular that, that struck me as odd is uh, when he's talking about the entertainment for the evening, and he mentions three names and followed by a number that I can only imagine is their number, you know, like John seven, Susie eight, Billy nine, you know, something like that. And, mm. uh, and how they will be in the pool, um, for entertainment or something like that. It just, I'd love for them to like, be like, Oh wow. I, this email came out and I bet you guys thought this was crazy, right? Let me explain. And like, and like those three individuals are there and they're wearing, I don't know, yeah. they're wearing their sweaters with those numbers on them because they all play some sort of sweater number explain. game. Yeah. <laughs> we just watch them. We don't touch them. We just get them naked, let them swim around a little bit. Like, and have an like eye that feast, uncle's but, mingle. You know, I just like yeah. Uncle mingle. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I, I didn't see the emails you're talking about. I, I, I just went to the article and they showed some uh, like imagery. Where was that article? It was on the New York Times. Um, the uh, failing New York Times. <laughs> the failing New York Times. They like, I guess Comet Pizza has like a triangle in it. And then they show that like, some other like Nambla thing has a triangle for their logo. So it's just code. And, uh, but then they go in like, See, like, yeah, you know, that stuff doesn't resonate with me because mm -hmm. this isn't, you know, the 23 with Jim Carrey. Like if you were actually running a business like not a business but i guess an illegal business of trafficking children to have sex with miscreants then you would not be coyishly teasing people like hey you're gonna try and figure it out you're gonna try and figure it out you're gonna try and understand that what's going on behind closed doors like no you would just you would make it you know what you would do you'd make it like uh an h&r block that always had like a help wanted sign in the front door nobody would come in yeah like, yeah with the logo or a radio shack oh my god <laughs> you know, we Although code names are a thing, like like someone was just talking about how their local pizza place. You call the pizza place, you say, mm -hmm. "Yeah, I'd like a hamburger with ranch dressing and extra pickles delivered." You say that, you get weed. <laughs> hey, yes, so, I would like a uh, I'd yeah. like a six year old smothered in cheese brought to my door. Oh fuck, damn! Right. <laughs> You're like, how would you like that cheddar aged? <laughs> Not uh, very aged at all. Prematurely. That's <laughs> <laughs> for a six-year-old. So. Uh, oh, Twitch. So YouTube, you know, YouTube is a streaming platform, and they're trying to compete with Twitch. Interestingly, I feel like they've been getting more success lately. Uh, it, it Just from my, like, sphere of influence, it seems like whenever Joe Rogan's streaming or whenever people are streaming, like, I see it. It happened during the election a lot, too. People were streaming, like, all sorts of random low-quality bullshit and... Um, but like it would get recommended to me. YouTube now streams 4K at 60 frames per second. It's right. 21 to 50 megabits, which is a lot. Like some people, a lot of people can't even download that. And um, uh, but I look at it back in the day, back when I was back when I, I was actually a big streamer. <laughs> um, I used to stream on both, but I streamed on YouTube a lot because the video was better. The chat was worse, but the video was better. And it was like, take your pick. Um, the Twitch video at the time was like a postage stamp. And then it got bigger and it kind of matched what YouTube did. And there was, for the longest time, you know, Twitch had the best of everything and YouTube only had equivalent thing. Now YouTube has the best video. 
by far. Like they, they go 4K, 60 frames per second, and there are other settings for 1440p, and, you know, 6030, 1080p, etc. I wonder if YouTube is going to be more significant in the streaming space. I don't know. It can can you take over for like because like MySpace eventually lost. Today, you know, like like Twitch seems to be getting so big. They were they were doing they were streaming games from the White House today. I, I didn't really watch much of it, but like it, eventually Craigslist beats eBay. Eventually, uh, Facebook beats MySpace. Uh, eventually, like these entrenched leaders do lose their spot. You know, the cable companies beat AOL. I wonder if if like. Is YouTube making the right moves to take over the thing? And your money doesn't come from Twitch mostly. If you're a Twitch streamer, like, I don't know, you make $1,000 a night in donations and then seven more from ad revenue <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, when I was pimping Woodycraft, I was um, streaming a lot. I probably stream like, you know, 20 times a month or something like that. And, uh, Shit, my, my I would pull like thirty five hundred viewers, which is a you know it's not Nate shot or anything, but it's significant. And I it's was more than Tucker's got right now. Is it okay? He was at three k earlier. Yeah. All right, all right. So, um, my Twitch money for a month like that w was like pennies. I remember us doing forty dollars, seventy dollars. Like I remember yeah. us live streaming the show one time, and <clears> afterwards, you know. I don't know, something about money came up, and you, you're like, well, I'll split that 87 cents with you guys if you want. <laughs> and we're all like, nah, man, you hang on to that. Let's break it. Yeah, yeah. We'll just say you owe me. <laughs> yeah, right. Fries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if we were to live stream PKA, I bet in ad revenue, we would pull something along the lines of like $1 to $3. Or like, yeah. it's not – like, so it really, the money comes from the donations. And uh, with that reality in place, like – Tucker could easily switch to YouTube. He might pull bigger numbers there. Sure. Well, we'll see. That, that's pretty cool. I, I'm, I'm, I love that that quality is that high. Uh, you could do some crazy stuff with your current connection. You could stream at that 4K, 60 FPS. Uh, that, that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. You'd get the real, like, local experience, you know? Like, it, 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 by comparison, so 21 to 50 megabit down is what it would take to get that. Um Twitch, on the other hand, three and a half down. That's their max yeah. quality, three and a half. Three and a half feels really 2010 to me. Like, that's just, it's, come on, who has three so and a half? So is Twitch in deep trouble if they can't catch up pretty quick? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, I think. Right. Well, they're so established. They're big. Yeah. It's not like they're bleeding right now. It's just that, oh, the competitor has a thing that you don't have. Will mm -hmm. you adapt and catch up, or will you fall by the wayside? You know, it just, I think that they'll be like, oh, so YouTube's got 4K? Hey, hey, Larry, hit the 4K button. Yeah, it'll cost us. We already calculated what it costs. We've just been waiting for YouTube to do it. Hey, we knew Boop. it was coming. Yeah, yeah. that could be. It's so much easier when you're the establishment, because like, all you need to do is be nearly as good. Right, the competitors are always going to do things here and there that are better. They just need to be almost as good, and they're set. Well, if so. they release it in the next few weeks, few months, then Kyle's 100% right. They absolutely did just have a 4K button, and they were <laughs> waiting until YouTube did it, because that's smart business. Like, you yeah. kept their hands that's close exactly to the how you would do it if you were really smart. You'd be ahead of the curve, holding back with your thing. And, it, and when, the, when the enemy thinks that they, oh, look what we have. You're just like, oh, yeah, we did that three years ago, dude. Why do you see what we've got next year? Boop, here's the 4K. <laughs> you know? Yep. 
Yeah. Next year's VR I've screen. Never really that, yeah, used... that, that's what I. Twitch. That's where they need to go with it. I want to get inside that game with my VR. I want you to you to take his 2D world and and put me inside of it, wrap it around my fucking head, and let me in there with him. VR is a chicken and the egg problem, man. Like like very few people have it right now. So no one wants to like make it awesome, and because no one's made it awesome, very few people have it. Yeah. It's uh. We'll see. It's going to grow. It, it it definitely is. I think that Valve is just going to pump money into it because there's no other way for it to work. I think they'll just be like, oh, well, let's put another hundred million into it. Let's let's make it a thing, whether the consumers are there or not. Uh, and you've got all you got so many platforms now. You know, with the PlayStation thing, uh, that's that's going to be that's cheaper, obviously. Than mm-hmm. I we did. I don't. I can't do the math. My what is it? It's probably twenty five hundred dollars to get into or twenty three hundred dollars or something to like get a Vive and get a PC and get the peripherals and then and then play. It's probably twenty three, twenty four hundred dollars if you're careful and smart. Um and maybe barrels you can get a really G-Tank. high, really high barrier to entry for and most that's people. That's not doing it like right either. You know, like like Kyle has How a, much is it to do it right? Great like, what, I thought Kyle had it right. Yeah, but he paid more than that. Yeah, I oh. well I don't know. Let, okay. let's fucking um the the um the Vive is what seven hundred, eight hundred. So, so you got eight hundred in the Vive, and then you know, like I, I don't know what my what my motherboard was two or three hundred, and then the graphics card for set for I think I paid five fifty six hundred for it or something. Um, you're already at, at getting close getting close to two thousand uh, right there. You know, and we don't have our cooling system or uh, we don't have any RAM. We don't have case. any storage. A case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I I think Kyle. I bet if you. And it depends on what you're counting to, right? A lot of people, when they talk about their computer, they don't—they didn't buy a monitor for it, they didn't buy a keyboard, they didn't buy a mouse. These were all things they had already. If you know the whole system that they're really putting together, probably thirty-five hundred or something like that. Yeah. Now, if you're playing at 1080p, though, of course you can really PC gaming is cheap if you're playing in 1080p. It, it, it's 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 competitive with console gaming almost. If you really are careful with what you buy, you can put together a really nice PC for cheap that'll do 1080p at high frames. I agree. Yeah, but when you get into the virtual reality stuff, yeah, you got to max you, everything out. Then then you need a really nice graphics card, and then you got to cool the whole thing down. All of a sudden, the cooling system actually matters, and we got to figure out you know our fan situation and all that stuff. So yeah, it's like, oh, are you running you know a 1080? Uh, G- uh, NVIDIA 1080? Yeah, well, now you can't go cheap on your power supply either. Like, you know, there's a, nope. lot, a lot of stuff that's going on. Yeah. So it's pricey. It's actually pretty good on power. You didn't, um, it'll, a 750 watt will power it. Um, okay. it's, it's well, actually, that's a legit power supply in my mind anyway. I suppose it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. If you buy some off the shelf Dell, I bet it's like 350, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. um, Anyway, so yeah, we'll see. YouTube getting into the streaming thing, going at it hard. That's cool. I've got gigabit Ethernet now, and I it, like. I could talk about this. So, I remember <laughs> like two years ago, Time Warner came out and said, "You know, we've discovered that there is no market for gigabit Ethernet," and everybody threw tomatoes at him. Right? They're like, "You dick! I want gigabit Ethernet. How can you be so out of touch with your customers, etc." I have it. It is no different. Zero different. That's how it. Zero different. I used to have 300 down, 30 up. You know the maximum speed that YouTube will let me upload a video? First of all, on speed test, my upload speed, 950 megabits, right? So I'm yeah. getting, like, I've got real gigabit right to this computer we're talking about. My videos upload on YouTube, 30 megabits, just like before. Wow. Like, it, it, zero difference. Um, the download, you know, like, 
I guess in theory, maybe something could get more than 300. I don't know. Like I, this is about multiple devices. Then that's the real bonus. If you had, if you had three wives, some sister wives, let's call them, it would take and a you lot know, of maybe wives. maybe a dozen children. Uh-huh. Yeah, and everybody's got their iPhones and iPads, and they're pulling from that Wi-Fi. You'd be like, look at this. Everyone gets their share. <laughs> <laughs> Gigabit. But a family of four, family of five, family of six or seven. That's it is over overkill currently, but there's got to be some new a, tech coming, right? A Netflix stream tech. at 1080p pulls, I think, about four or five megabits. Let's call it five. Um, what I used to have was 300. How many is that? Is that 60 uh, But is people? it directly proportional? No, of you course. Know, there's like, going to be some lack. In it. So let's it, it, say it's not it's really 60 people, that it's really only 50 people. 50 Netflix streams is a lot of streams, you know, yeah. make them 4k. Maybe everyone here is working on 4k, right? And that cuts that 50 all the way down to like 15. Still, who has 15 4k streams going at one time? Then, and that's 300. We haven't even talked about a thousand yet. Like it, I, I swear the, the gigabit ethernet as it stands is just a penis measuring contest because it makes no difference. It, it doesn't yeah, get they, you anything. I'm hoping that there's some future form of media consumption that will tap into all that power, though, all that bandwidth. Um, maybe it's something with VR. Like, that, there's where you might need it. Maybe, maybe if you're intaking a huge amount of information, you're live streaming straight to that vibe. Maybe that, maybe that needs a lot of bandwidth. But, I, but certainly not what you're talking about. It's <laughs> such, such a huge fucking number. Like, you would need a VR world that you're existing in, constantly live streaming to you to, to require such. Yeah, a holodeck. Yeah, well, there you go. Like maybe a holodeck is the future. So maybe it's video conferencing where we're all fucking there. You know, kind, in a, in a kind of like the VR thing we were talking about. Like those awesome things aren't going to happen until other people have. Like I would be better off if I took my gigabit Ethernet and gave a third to Kyle and a third to Taylor, right? And like if if gigabit Ethernet people did that all over the place, then you know people would start making stuff that took advantage of high bandwidth. But as it sits, like. You can't make a holodeck and push it over the internet because only a few people will be able to use it. Yep. So, but yeah, I, so, I'm happy to have it, but no big deal. So it turned. So, so let me do what happened the other day. Um, Dad was telling me this story. Um, he was over there at his farm, and it was like at nighttime, and and him and his his brother, my uncle, were hanging out or something. And long story short, um, he sees that his tractor is missing, and he and he goes to looking for Josh and Josh's little brother. And what they've done is taken his his Kubota, his like Kubota ATV that he uses to work with. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they cost, but it, it's like, like a used car. Yeah, yeah, ten grand, fifteen grand, like yeah, it, it's right in there. They have taken this thing and went mud bogging in it in his pond, and it is in the middle of the pond. And they have his fucking John Deere tractor down there trying to pull it out. So he drives down there. He's like. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and and Josh just points to the to the Kubota. He goes, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> he just points, <laughs> and they try to blame it on the little one. So um, they have been ran off. And Wait, then it this turned is Josh out, Josh and Jeremy, Josh and his little brother, uh, his little oh. brother, who's this redheaded fucker. And then it turns out they've been <laughs> stealing shit. They've been stealing money. They've been stealing like tools and stuff. So they are banished. Oh, yeah, from them, and I'm almost positive they stole cash out of my car because they came over to my house one day to cut the grass. I had, like, I don't remember exactly. Let's call it somewhere between 75 and $150 cash stuck above, above my visor, uh-huh. and it was there to pay them with. 
So, and I'm like fairly sure it was there, but I'm not a hundred thousand percent positive that I didn't 20 at a time it away. And, uh, and so when I go to pay them, it's not there. And I was like, ah, shit, my money's not there. I'll go get some more. But in the back of my head, I was thinking, did they steal my money out of my car? And dad says they do. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, the, the change went missing out of my truck. Uh, probably eight or ten dollars worth of quarters in the console, you know. And then he keep he keeps money above his visor too, you know, ten, twenty dollars. He's like that would always go missing. And uh, he's got a refrigerator there in his shop, stocked with sodas and water and beer. And uh, whenever someone comes over, oftentimes if they're polite enough, they'll throw a dollar bill in there as they take a drink or something like that. And uh, so dad noticed there's a dollar bill in the fridge. And it, it, he thought that was kind of funny because he knows that they would be light-fingered. So he put another one in there. And every day he was going to add another dollar, telling, telling his buddy, he's like, how many dollars do you think it'll take before they steal it? Three. It took three dollars before they stole it. Three fucking dollars. And then my uncle was Not like, yeah. a lot yeah. of discipline. And, and my uncle was like, yeah, I saw him over there playing with an air horn one day. I was like, yeah, that's my air horn. I use that to signal when we're downrange from the cannon. And he's like... Well, they took that. I heard them honk it as they was leaving. And I'm like, well, fuck them. Those pieces of shit. What's fuck Josh's him. last name and what town does he live in? I don't go there. Josh <laughs> might get an ass. You Josh know, PKA used to be hardcore, man. We used to tweet out phone numbers. and <laughs> you know, Yeah, was before our we thing. were certain that it was a crime and you could go to jail all over the place. You know? <laughs> but ever since a couple people get caught for the trolling you know man, we can't do that, that guy i am very upset with him he's he i'm on if i see him he's definitely getting cussed the fuck out i, I just i i i know they stole from me now I, i'm almost positive and if they stole that there's probably who knows what else they might have stolen you know like like some little so what, like, what does your dad think that they like what were the what was the thing i guess that set your dad off where he it was started that kubota thing it was that kubota thing it was taking his uh his thing out in the middle of the pond mud bogging like like that's not even close to something that we do like like mm-hmm. you know there's mud in the bearings now almost certainly like 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 it's a problem like like they fucked up something nice they're gone they've been banished from 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 his place he told them not to come around no more and, and i was like that's it that's it that's they getting off with that oh. <laughs> i'm so mad yeah your dad's so an mad. older guy he's to that age i bet where he's just like you know don't come around here no more so that's how my grandpa would handle it you know my grandpa's that's older than your said. dad but he would just not want to deal with it he banished them, and, and, but but I was so mad. I, I'm like, fuck them. If I see him, I'm going to cuss him the fuck out. I'll make a scene somewhere. I hope there's people around that know him so I can tell him what a piece of shit he is. So fuck that fucking guy. Low-class motherfucking retard. Guy can't fucking I, read. Fuck I you, guess. you literate fuck. Thief. Thief. <laughs> We need thief. to find a way to give him, him a, so much. a thief tramp thing. stamp like, like, on the show. Like, could could we get the wheel of pain cooking? Slip him like two hundred dollars for a tattoo, and then it says thief guy. as a tramp stamp. He can't so see mad it. At that guy. We've helped him out to no end <laughs> financially and with vehicles, and you know, you need some uh, some odd ends. Like, I, I'll I'll make I'll make up a job that you can come do, and I'll pay you you know ten dollars an hour to do it. You know mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And then to turn around and steal from us, that, that really makes me mad. I really fucking hate that. Yeah, you should I would be never pissed. steal That's from someone. Taking advantage of your... I mean, I know exactly what you're doing. Like, giving him busy work jobs, kind of like out of pity. Yeah, that's like, totally what it was. Charity. Yeah, he's totally been our charity case for for a while, where we look after that guy and take care of him and his brother. And then I heard a little karma happen to him like yesterday. He wrecked his four wheeler, broke his arm in three places. Oh. So. Yeah, so deal with that, Josh. You fucking yeah. Now your arm's fucked. Asshole. Ha ha. That's karma. Life, life <laughs> comes <laughs> around. That's right. Yeah, that that really upsets me. So I, I I guess I didn't ask it right the first time, but like the they they were like borrowing 
his what is it Cambodia? a Kubota yeah, is a, is a brand it's a utv a diesel one so think of it as like a, a golf cart on steroids like one of those gator things yeah yeah, yeah. A competitor for that but like a diesel sort of one that can do a lot of work on the farm maybe a more muscular trailers yeah gator. a muscular gator okay. yeah well that's yeah, really it, shitty those are expensive yeah, it, it, Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's ten or fifteen thousand. I don't know what it costs, but 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 he got it when it was new, and he takes very good care of it, you know, because he doesn't want to buy another fucking one. And they took it into the middle of a fish pond and got it stuck. It, it just what no was like like, but what was because you said that afterward, your dad was like, oh, I noticed this and that. Like, yeah, yeah what, that, what little things have you noticed, and like what little things that he noticed? Other than, I, I guess you gave the good beer example for him, but for you, I'm just curious, like what are the little things the kind of went off in thing, your head, but you said yeah. no. The only thing that went off my head was when they had come to cut my grass and that money wasn't there. You know, I went to go get the money that was for them and it just wasn't there. And I was like, ah, I guess I misplaced the money or, you know, maybe I bought a few dinners with that money and it's just gone. I mean, it's just in our pocket somewhere. There's no way of knowing. It's $80 cash. There was so a gun thing to... in the past, too, right? Where you that had to go to him Jeremy. and say, like, give me my gun. That's, oh, that was Jeremy. Okay. That's never Jeremy. And, and Jeremy is bad about borrowing things permanently. And Jeremy has some light fingers, too. Jeremy's probably taken a few of my things. But Jeremy takes what's extra. He's like, he's kind of like the lion on the on the savannah. You know, he's just taking what he needs from the circle of life when he steals something from it. You know, he, he takes, he takes some sunglasses to himself. Yeah. There you go. He is the poor. I mean, I mean, it sounds right. He's his own personal Robin Hood. Um, I Jeremy's not. <laughs> I don't think Robin Hood being, being personal is like, personal. Robin Hoods aren't right. <laughs> <laughs> that's just stealing. My, I'm, yeah, that's a good a great little way John to going through your console, your taking quarters, taking bills, and trying to get away. <laughs> Fucking asshole. That's funny. God, what? Yeah, what a piece of shit. Why yeah. would? How short-sighted. And simple-minded and stupid you have to be to have a good thing going. Like, he'd have to be truly dumb to not realize that it was a pity job. Yeah, Maybe he, yeah, really that, that. Like, he should have known, like, I don't want to kill this goose because it's been laying eggs for me. Oh, that's like, totally I don't want to what he's it. done because his own family don't trust him, apparently. My dad told me another story. He's like, um, there's this guy, Stephen, who's like an accomplice of theirs, or an associate, rather. Stephen seems to be okay. I don't think he's a thief or anything. Seems like a nice enough guy. And he can read, which is a plus. Um, Steven had been blamed for missing stolen chainsaws over at Josh's home. Chainsaws that had supposedly been stolen from Josh's father, when in fact, Josh's younger brother stole said chainsaws and sold them. So, just thieves. Thieves. How and they, the and, brother, like high school age? or? Um, well, he dropped out of school, but he's 15, 16, something like that. Real oh, piece man. of shit. Yeah, no, in my yeah. mind, he was like seven or eight, you know, and, and perhaps a little young to go hard on. No, he's old enough to punch in the head. <sighs> yep, that's old enough what? to punch in the head. Checks out. What happens in the if head, you punch not miners? There's a difference. You punch him in the head, there's no bruise. Mm. Or you, you beat them with phone books. Then there's <laughs> no bruise. I've seen that. That's a trick. Or a, 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 a bunch Where of bars of soap. Where did you see that? A oh, bunch of bars of soap in a pillowcase. Yeah. Yep. That'll even do place. that. But I am I am guaranteed like, in that in that movie, like I oh, an orange in a sock won't create a bruise probably. But in that movie I was like, wait, there's no way these guys are beating the shit out of him with soap and socks and that's not bruising him horribly. Oh, they like can a bar of dove soap. I could really like if I get a good swing with a long gold toe with a with a dove bar in there, you know, that <laughs> I don't care if... Where did you get the idea they were trying not to bruise him? 
Yeah, they're not trying not to bruise him. They're that's just their method. They're of just fashioning weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Oh, I thought there is they didn't want to show. Okay, well, I that's a movie you... that I'm so split on. The The first part of that movie when they are in boot camp mm-hmm. is fucking phenomenal. You know, uh, Private Pile! You know, when he's getting screamed at in that bathroom and he's sitting there with the gun looking all crazy-eyed and scary. Like, that's that's such a good part of the movie. And then they go to war and it becomes a totally different and stupid movie. An irreconcilably stupid movie. Once it's a, it, it's, I, I can't stand the I movie. I thought it went from great to good. I, I didn't think I didn't hate it as much as you. I agree it went with Woody. From incredible to terrible. I think. I, I, I think you got to watch it. You got to you got to really like. I like Stanley Kubrick a lot. So I'm watching it like looking at blocking and and cinematography and like trying to figure out how what he was thinking when he shot shit. But but I completely agree. Like even as a kid when I watched uh, Full Metal Jacket, I was like the first part of this is it looks like we're getting ready to go do some cool shit and all the gang's going to be together. That's not not really what it was. It was more of like a sober commentary about how, just how nasty and awful war is. You know, even that whole scene where they kill the female sniper, and when you get there and she's dead, you just feel empty inside. You're not, we didn't kill the bad guy on the hill. There wasn't some big, bad, mean Nazi to take out. It was this woman hiding in this church with a fucking sniper rifle, and now she's fucking here dead. You know what? It's, the thing about that yeah. movie that I always think about. So, who was the drill sergeant? Gunny something? Yeah, Arlie Ermy. Arlie Ermy. Arlie Ermy. So he was a real drill sergeant. You guys know this. Most people do. Um, yep. He was a you real drill tell. sergeant before that movie. Well, they call him like one of the greatest improvisers in cinematic history, right? Like, can you believe none of that stuff was in the script? He just started saying it. He was a fucking drill sergeant. Like, if I'm in a movie and then suddenly I break into like a lifeguard story or that time I hit a girl and they're like, Woody's the greatest improviser ever. Motherfucker, I've been telling that story for 10 years now. Like, it's not improv in the same way where people go back and forth. He's old. I'm Sergeant Hart. Your senior drill instructor. He's so fucking hard. Yeah, he's uh, like, oh, the only thing coming from Texas is steers and queers, and I don't see no horns on you. And and everyone's like, oh my god, down, he's so it. clever. No, he's not clever. He's been saying that shit for twenty seven years in the army. Like, you suck dicks. <laughs> oh shit, I bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I feel like what he did wasn't improv because he was. Just using his like canned lines. I bet whoever's his second in command, I don't know what a drill sergeant helper is called, but I, I bet you know that guy is like, oh yeah, I know those lines. He says them every six weeks when he gets new people or twelve weeks or whatever it is. Well, yeah, had a full well, I'm sure that, um, it's just like anything where I bet the first couple seasons. They probably don't call it seasons, but I'm going to call it seasons <laughs> for him. His, <laughs> but his first couple seasons as drill sergeant coach. He was trying out new lines. Uh-huh. See, ah, that really didn't, you know, that really didn't get under Private Smith's skin. His gun's still dirty. Nixon that. Nixon so that. in your world, once these the lines ass, start working, does he make it to the drill explicit. sergeant playoffs? Like, does he? Yes, then he makes it to the drill sergeant <laughs> playoffs. He gets, he gets knocked out in the first round. You know? <laughs> yeah, but, so but eventually you hone, you hone those, mm-hmm. those little points it's just a little poignant like and the, and the award for best homophobic insult goes to <laughs> army army gunnery sergeant Hartman. come on up here yeah and then you just like go up the there and be like retard yeah. niggers thanks I get, the yeah. <laughs> you know i so you know the movie stripes where the guys like yeah, settle down yeah, for francis yeah uh 
there's a character named Francis at the start of it, and he's like, I don't want none of you homos touching me. Any of you homos touch me, I'll kill you. I don't want this, I don't want that. And then the drill sergeant goes, settle down, Francis. And it was great. He just completely, like, this guy was like the baddest guy amongst all the re- recruits. Is that what you call him? And uh, the drill sergeant just sort of lays down, like, look, I'm the badass here. Settle down, Francis. Oh, by the way, Francis was one of the things you did. You call him Francis and you die. I, w- I, I feel like referencing that. It's one of the references I always catch myself on because it ages you. People don't get it. If I say settle down, Francis, on this podcast, a large portion of the audience will not get that reference. Yeah, yeah, I won't get that one. And I've seen Stripes four times. Um, so, so you're going to have a hard time. Isn't it Harold Ramis as his buddy? Yeah, you don't uh, know the settle down, yeah. Francis line? Like that to me sunk. I remember the scene where he's got the hot MP up on the stove and he's got, yes. he's got the, uh, spatula. the spatula in her butt. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Yes. Um, Dude, I, so I saw that movie when I was like, I don't know, I'm making up a number seven. And I didn't know anything about seducing women. And I learned that, and it really worked. Like, he puts her on there, and it's hot, and he's putting the spatula under her butt, and she's like, oh, it's too hot. <laughs> and then they start making out. So I'm like, aha, I'm learning the art of seduction. It has something to so do first, with... So <laughs> first, like, in kindergarten, you just walk up and, like, hold a lighter under some girl's elbow. <laughs> it, was, it, it wasn't like I ever executed on the plan, but I, I kind of, like, it was like, okay, if I ever get put in this situation, I know exactly what to do. I had to get, like, cooking implements and turn the stove on. Not too hot. That must be terrible. He wants to turn the stove on low. And, like, this, this was my thought process as a kid, learning seduction by the movie Stripes. That was a good movie. I like all those old Bill Murray, uh, Bill Murray movies. Uh, that one, and uh, it's not Bill Murray, but it's kind of similar a similar movie. Um, um, Spies Like Us with Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase, where they're like flunk outs at the, at the Justice Department or, or at the Pentagon or something like that, and, uh, and they send them in as the decoys for their... Oh. They're, they're, they're spies. They're the decoy spies who are meant to just die right away. Mm-hmm. And right away, they get dropped into like Afghanistan and they're posing as, as like world famous uh, surgeons who are like, you know, coming in there to do work for the Afghanis who are at the time are at war with Russia. And they're like, oh, this, the, the village leader's son needs his appendix uh, taken out. And they're like, oh, we've got Dr. Hoffman and Meyer here. Come in. These guys are experts at this. And Chevy Chase and Dan Ackroyd are like, fuck. And he's got the scalpel and he's like, getting ready to cut, and the doctor's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? He's like, what do you mean, what am I doing? You are about to cut his chest. I'm probing for muscular, uh, uh, <laughs> what do you say? I'm, pro- I'm probing for musculature, okay? It's a new technique. We mock what we do not understand. <laughs> and then he moves the scalpel until the old doctor gives him like a nod. <laughs> so bad. Dude, I, I, you know, unpopular opinion, but I, I never liked Chevy Chase that much. I know you don't. Yeah, he's very I, hit or miss. In Vacation, I thought it. I thought Vacation was hilarious when they're going through uh, the celebrity. slums, like the the horrible ghetto, I, and he's rolling down the window, and they get all their like it. it, it it's hilarious. I love. It vacation. is funny. It, it, what I liked about Vacation, though, I feel like it was mostly in the script and in the music and in the scene, and and there are a lot of actors who could have pulled off his role at least as well. That's my take. He, He's really endearing to me. Like, like I mm. loved him in that role. Um, and, and I liked all of his Saturday Night Live stuff, and I love Caddyshack, um, all that stuff he did in Caddyshack. You want to talk about impro- imp- improvisation? Uh, Bill Murray improvised every one of his lines in Caddyshack, like all of that shit he's doing. I, whenever he's, he's like hitting the, what do you call those pl- flowers? They're like a little poof ball, like mums or a something. A dandelion? He's, 
It, no, it's a really big, beautiful flower that's like, like on the golf course, and he's like lining up to hit these things with his with his uh, with his golf club and just blowing them up. And you know, he's after the gopher the whole time, trying to kill the gopher. Everything he says in that movie is improvised. Um, <laughs> I was so young when I watched that movie. My favorite character was the gopher. <laughs> yeah, it brings. That's interesting because I think it's an R-rated movie too, and you got this little silly gopher running around. Meanwhile, you got like tits and turds. And I watched uh, that's, a that's, lot that's, of naughty movies. I wonder if that had much of an influence on me being like. I did too. No problems at all. I I, 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 I saw that really. <laughs> my dad like wanted me to watch that when I was really young. To like, I, I think I was probably like nine when I saw that the first time, and it, I, of course, it all went over my head. All the little innuendos. But uh, speaking of him and gophers. Groundhog Day. That's a movie I still I saw it when I was young, like right near when it was coming out. When did that come out? Ninety two. Ninety two. Okay, well then it was not right when it came out. I've been way too young to see it then. No, oh, I don't know. I assume I just, he was right, but he, I he might be. I, I saw just it when really I was surprised that he would know that. I still remember like thinking about it. It was a movie that stuck with me from when I saw it as a young kid because I saw it like horrible. Like oh no, like what if I get stuck in the same day? Like, will I, I know I'm stuck in the same day? Is this is this like the tenth time I've lived this day? Like, how long have I been doing? Like, this is it was it's a very unsettling concept for a kid, or at least it was for me. Just thinking, like, wait, no, this this isn't like this is just a Bill Murray thing. This doesn't happen, right? I'm not gonna wake <laughs> up and be like, hey, happy tenth of December again, you know? Like, <laughs> no. Anyway, yeah, sorry. I, I love the idea of a of like being in that loop. And uh, if you go online and you Google like, how many times did Bill Murray die in Groundhog Day? They really break it down and, and talk about how many how many days he would have had to live to accomplish all the things that he mm. accomplishes, whether it's mastering the piano or ice sculpting or uh, or wooing um, what's her name who lives like fifty miles from me and it turns out is a cunt, Andy McDowell. Yes, Andy McDowell is her name. Um, all Why? those things. She seems so sweet. Apparently, she's not nice to people in real life. I don't know. I, I can't recall the story. She was story. from North Carolina. I think she's got a home here in North Georgia too, but she is from North Carolina, I think. I don't, but, I don't like the, okay. the 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 silly like fanfic stuff because I've read the same thing you're talking about, and I don't like it when people impose their own need for something to be wildly more complex than it is in order to validate their own feelings of how great and worthy it is. They're Somebody's like, no, the it's math. actually. They imagine that 30,000 days is how many he spent in there. It's like, oh, after this, can we talk about how much I speculate a cave cave troll can bench? <laughs> or how hot Sauron's eye is. Did you know that actually Sauron's eye, that's not just fire. That's the hottest fire that's ever existed. Hotter than anything in the X-Men world, actually. Like, what? No, this doesn't, I don't know. I don't like that. Just like I with the- uh, I like it when they do the I, math. I, I like it when they find that. The only thing I don't like is when they do it, I get completely convinced. I buy into it, at a, it like completely. And then a sequel or something comes out and it turns out they made a lot of, improper assumptions like the sequel doesn't follow the fanfic and i'm like oh man so many of those oh, little speaking of sequels, aren't actually oh go ahead did you see the uh the preview for Ga guardians of the galaxy 2 it's excellent i did i haven't watched it yet i oh, man i i'm really pumped for that movie now i think it's gonna be good um i i really liked what they did with groot there and uh that that whole scene between the raccoon and the little groot and everything it's so cute it's so funny at the same time it's really well done hmm. i still think guardians of the galaxy better than avengers Definitely. You think Guardians of the Galaxy better opinion. than Avengers? See, I think the opposite. Oh, yeah, I, I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy got this big, like, Chris Pratt boost, right? Everyone's on his team. Everyone loves Chris Pratt. I love Chris Pratt. I'm on his team. I saw that movie. I thought it was good. I thought it was a B plus. Everyone's, like, just collectively agreeing it's an A plus. 
because we I just love like Chris the thing. Of, the thing about I think it's it is B I don't plus like, I don't A maybe. Um, it's it's good. I really really like um, the feel of it. It feels different than the Marvel movies. There's a much less serious tone to it, but at the same time, you know, there are things in play that matter. This whole thing matters. He's got this whole backstory of who's his father, and he's kind of a a sad character at his core. He's covering that all up with humor and silliness. But Star Lord's kind of a sad guy when you get right down to it. Um, and then the, the way they have fun with uh, the secondary characters, the ancillary characters, if you can call them that, because Rocket Raccoon and Groot kind of steal the show. And then even Batista is showing some acting chops, right? Like, I watched that trailer, and Batista's line is like the one that's get, getting one of the bigger laughs from me. I'm like, fucking Batista. Dude, he, was, he was the funniest guy in the entire movie in the first one. When was it's he like, an MMA fighter? And he said, like, it went uh, over. US, what did he say? Um, wrestling, pro wrestling. Like no, nothing goes over my head. My reflexes. He may have done some quick. MMA though. I'm trying to think. Uh, he he may have crossed over into MMA. I think he did, maybe. But but definitely began as a WWE wrestling guy. I I like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy because there's not even like a pretend that they're taking themselves too seriously. Like it's yeah. all fun loving. They're enjoying themselves. Like very big. Like I don't like a movie that pretend like a superhero that pretends. He doesn't take himself seriously, but really takes himself supremely seriously, like Deadpool. Like I didn't. That's why I didn't like Deadpool that much. It just wasn't very. It was. It was everybody being like, "Oh my God, Deadpool! This is such a clever, awesome movie." It's. It's just an hour and a half of dick jokes that, in any other format, would be like, "Yeah, that's lazy, stupid joking." I really like that but because movie. it's like, "Oh ho ho!" I like it. I like it too. A, he's oh, in a suit dude. and he's shooting people. That no. makes it funny now because dude. it's ironic. The, it's pretend the, irony. The relationship arc and how they put together pretty much a porn compilation to show how much they cared for each other really worked for me. I don't know what it is. When I see two couples going at it, like a couple going at it doggy style, I'm like, ah, that's a good relationship. <laughs> it, it happened in 300 as well. I'm like, yeah, those guys aren't just like casual about this. They're passionately in love with each other. Yeah, um, They were definitely good parts to, I, um, I, I to love Deadpool. Deadpool. Oh, by the way. like others nearly as much as Guardians. I looked up his um, MMA experience, Batista's. He is one and zero in MMA. So, thought he, so. I, I yeah. thought that he was a. I thought he was. And one and zero in the galaxy. You know, Herschel Walker <laughs> I thought it was uh, a has fought deal a couple. Than it was. Herschel Walker, the former like you know superstar uh, uh, football player, I think from UGA. Um, he's fought a, a couple of MMA fights in his like fifties or something. I think he's like three and zero. Dude, that guy is an amazing athlete. Did you know he did like a supreme athlete? He would do like six hundred push-ups a day, a thousand push-ups a day. Yes, I know a lot about. Yeah, because he's from here, so like, you know, so he was kind of a. People would tell stories about Herschel Walker and his accomplishments and his physical prowess. He, that guy is is uh, in that one percentile of the one percentile. He is uh, a supreme athlete. I think. And you saw he just came in the ring. You know, he's fucking Herschel Walker. The guy's. A football player, but he beat the shit out of that guy. I I I, I saw the fight the other day on uh, some YouTube compilation. Yeah, he did. He played for um, the Philadelphia Eagles at a time when I paid attention to him, and that's why I know about him. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's he, like, I don't know. I it, this is gay, but I wish you could see more professional athletes with their shirts off. I feel like I'd get a better vibe for what I they agree. really got going on. I, I the difference between Herschel Walker. And a normal person you might see throughout your day is enormous, and it's a little hidden by what a football player wears. Yeah, Hockey I wish players. baseball had shirts and skins games. 
baseball would be interesting because I don't know. Like there's a, there's the occasional John Crook out there. I know he's from the nineties, but John that guy. David Ortiz. <laughs> they called him Big Poppy for a reason. That guy had a beer belly. You know, a lot of the pitchers, especially because they don't need to be quick, light on their feet, especially uh, in the Nat, um, American League because they're not batting. You know, they're just going out there throwing the ball and catching whatever they can reach to, and they're good. What What about Bartolo Colon? He's 42, three years old, and he's been morbidly obese for a huge part of his career as a pitcher in Major League Baseball. And he's still making 30, you know, not 30. Like, he's making a ton of money pitching right. at 43. And then there's other guys out there. Like, like I don't know. There's probably some catcher who just looks like a hairy male fitness model or something. And, and they're, yeah. you know, and, and I feel like I'd appreciate the game more if I could see the physiques. Now, I, I recognize how gay this is, but it just adds to the difference between pros versus Joes. Yeah, I mean, we're these these like uh, these sports guys are essentially you know like race cars. Like like the first mm-hmm. thing you want to do with a race car is look under the hood and see how much horsepower it has. So when I see these athletes out there, I'm really curious. I wish uh, the UFC had a combine. I wish that they put all of those athletes through some 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 tr- some stuff mm. at the beginning of the year. Let's see what everybody's vertical leap is. Let's let's get everybody's forty in. Let's see how many uh, reps of X amount of weight they can do or or who can. You know, I would love that, and I think it would bring a lot of publicity to the sport too. That'd be cool. I did box I, jumps with Joe Lozon, and uh, he does it like like it's like forehead high or something. Like it's really yeah, high. He turns gravity down. Real <laughs> oh, athletes do. He's cheating. Yeah. I see. Yeah. No. I, I like if you've ever done box jumps, even regular people can get higher than you might have guessed. You know, like I could probably jump onto a dinner table. Like if it was as solid as the boxes you jump onto and i wouldn't have guessed that for me to just like could you jump on a 55 gallon barrel no that's, that's i couldn't that's right near where i could ju- now assuming the barrel was like rooted to the ground and wouldn't move and stuff because yeah. that's part of it you kind of take some of your forward momentum and and let's see you sort of like get here and you know lever yeah, up you put your feet and then lever up yeah, yeah. Da- i only mentioned that because they were my dad and my uncle were talking about jumping on top of 55 gallon barrels the other day it, it was something uh, that they did when they were young guys or something i don't know well, i think but, that takes a little more because their barrels i assume weren't the, a box jump it's so solid the thing that you're jumping onto that yeah. it kind of holds you a little bit like you know hypothetically if you ran to it then you just you know put your feet here and be like you know, stand up but um, a 55 gallon barrel would fall over if you tried that nonsense. But yeah, they um. But yeah, I'd love to see some kind of compa- combine. I would love to see. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm fudging any any. I, what Conor McGregor can bench press? I'd love to know what Conor McGregor can bench press. You know what I was? We we always talk about how long his arms are, but mm-hmm. but I was watching a bunch of his old fights the other night. I guess all of his old fights really. He's got the arms of a six foot tall guy at five foot nine. He's got a two-inch reach advantage on everyone else in the world who's five foot nine because he's a goddamn orangutan with those arms. <laughs> that means his bench probably isn't that great. Probably isn't that great, probably. but um, yeah. it's 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 more like basketball players probably can't bench shit. I don't know those and those so lanky James. arms. So I got LeBron James. Well, LeBron James is he could have decided to play in the NFL instead. He's a he's a super athlete. He could have done yeah. whatever he wanted to do, I bet. That guy's impressive. I yeah, basketball player. They I wonder how rampant steroids are in basketball because a lot of them like they come out of college and they're string beans. And 3 years later, now granted, I mean these guys are going from like 20 to 23, you know, a lot of times. But with professional years, trainers. Too. Yeah, with yeah. professional trainers. And it's their full-time job. It's where all their energy and, and focus goes to. Like, I, I get that. But, man, like, I don't know. They Blood look amazing. For sure. But Blood what, doping for sure for stamina. To counter my own argument, 
I don't see a lot of basketball players with like Tito Ortiz heads, HGH guts. Like maybe they yeah, just I, have better I, stuff. I think it's more like some sports where it just doesn't help you as much. Like I don't think basketball or hockey for that matter, you don't benefit as much from steroids as you do in football where it's just, you know, you're going to be head to head colliding with someone if you're a lineman or whatever. And it's just down to brute force, but basketball feels like it might even slow you down or I don't know. You might like bulk. Like, you'll, like what, what's the point of bulking up big on your upper body if you're playing basketball? I don't know like, enough I, about basketball I don't, I really to say, but they're really always talking about they're always talking about how strong LeBron James is and how that's a yeah, benefit of his. And, and that strength seems to to help maybe when you're you're in the key and you're fighting for a shot when they're all over and you're playing defense. I don't know. It seems like his strength is a real asset to him, but more so, I would imagine being able to to go seven more minutes out on the court would be big, like blood doping, like Lance Armstrong did. Um, I saw, uh, what's her name, Kim Kardashian's uh, facial treatment the other day. What they do is they take her blood and they centrifuge it until they get the platelets. And then they, uh, while they're like, I can't think of this, the, the correct name for it, but basically they use a needle to like punch mi- tons and tons of holes in her face while they rub the platelets on the holes. Science. <laughs> yeah. So the aftermath is her face covered in blood, and she's just smiling like, yeah. What does it do for her? <laughs> Apparently it rejuvenates you your skin, spooky. makes you look, makes you look uh, young and, and rejuvenated. Like a UFC fighter. <laughs> like a UFC fighter, yeah. Yeah, um, I saw... So I know we were, we were talking about something similar to that, but like, do you... Maybe you were alluding towards this, Woody, where you see like an athlete's like bust, like profile pic just from the head up mm-hmm. and you kind of imagine like that guy's probably you know, he's definitely in better shape than me but <laughs> the extent to which he's in better shape than me like he's not you know you know totally shredded under there and like in the best shape of his life like he's just like he's wearing pads of course he looks bigger <laughs> i sincerely thought that like i thought like my arms are probably about as big as sweet teas about as big as vladimir tarasenko's and he, i saw one interview last year where he was like doing it in a regular t-shirt and then I found out that only in the NFL or the NHL, rather, they have max benches. So if you want to bench past like 250 pounds, the trainer and coach will say, no, you can't do that. That's useless. We're not risking you damaging anything. And Vladimir Tarasenko and I can think Ryan Reeves, the really scary guy, were the only two that the coaches had to go, hey, cut it out. Stop. Like, no, yeah. no more of that. And I just, it's a real wake-up call to what a piece of shit potato body <laughs> this is. I think that's bad. Look at when Mike you look Vick's at him, numbers. just, uh, Look yeah, at Mike Michael Vick's Vick. numbers on the bench press. And keeping in mind that he was literally the fastest fucking guy in the NFL, but he's also benching 500 pounds? Maybe 550. Monster. No, he it wasn't was, benching 550. Let me see what it was. No. I just remember it being shocking, and 500 seems like the number in my head. How There's much? no way it's 500 pounds. These guys are, that's the thing about NFL players. Like, one okay, the big fat offensive lineman. It is easy to forget they are way faster than anyone on this call, right? You might think like, ah, oh, Taylor's young, he's kind of fit, he can run faster than a three hundred and fifty-five pound mitt. No, no, these guys are very fast. They're fucking amazing. That guy wakes up in the morning and he goes to work, and they go run real quick. I don't <laughs> lose any fucking weight, you fat fuck. You keep that weight on. You need to be planted there. You know, we need a Dude. bunch of big. That's what every O line looks like. Like there's like a couple black guys usually, but it seems like a couple guys from like Alabama who are six nine, seven hundred pounds. The 
the strong guys in the NFL are amongst the strongest people on the planet. The fast guys no in doubt. the NFL are just a step behind Olympians. You know, like it's easy to under these NFL 4. players. Four point two five is his forty. Mike Vick four point two five forty and a thirty eight inch vertical leap. Those are What's very good numbers. Um, I see here he benched two twenty five like fifty times. I'm looking for his max. Hmm. Um, but yeah. I bet for those guys, that's. I mean, that's what you'd really want to be able to see, right? Like, they wouldn't... I, I would think if you're at an NFL Combine and he puts up, like, 400 pounds once, you wouldn't like that as much as seeing 225 put up 30 times, right? Because I, I know they do, like, an exhaust test at 225, Do they right? stop that's caring? The do they, they, they're like, hey, 30, 35, 40. Fuck it, all right, I'm curious what it'll be, but I'm going to go. <laughs> you know? Then yeah, he stops like those really 50, giant 60. guys. Uh-huh. Like, you know those giant guys at the gym you see lifting with their enormous friends? And you just know that the guy's, like, lifting it, and he's just kind of thinking, like, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? Oh, yeah, rice and grilled chicken. And then they <laughs> only stop when the guy behind him goes, and 90. And they grab it and move, and he's like, oh, those, those it? Those real quick. All right, I'm going to go stand over there by the water fountain and not fill up my water bottle and leave this machine all sweaty. Or <laughs> 335. They do. 335. <laughs> 335 it, was his max? Yeah. That's lower than that I expected. Is, that is a lot. Yes, although a- considerably more than me. They say you're in good shape if you can bench press your weight. So I got to get down to like 120. <laughs> Howard Stern's always talking about he, he, his his workout and his his ninety five pound uh, bench press workout. He's like, but I do that ten times. Yeah. <laughs> he, he told Schwarzenegger that. Pounds. Yeah, he, he's talking to Schwarzenegger, and he's he's really? like, yeah, but I do it I do it ten times. He's like, ah, oh, that's very good, very good. <laughs> I wouldn't insult you on your own show, but you're kind of a pussy. You know, whatever. Uh, the, uh-huh. Says the Rock here, the biggest bench press ever. Um, on that note, top athletes and movie stars like Dwayne Johnson, better known as The Rock, said that his biggest bench press ever was 425. That, again, is lower than I expected because The Rock is full of vitamins. 260 <laughs> pounds of man at the time. He, he is so big, The Rock. Uh, Kurt yeah. Angle did 420 once. I saw Brent the have Hitman you ever, Hart, 405. Watched one of the actual like power men like bench competition things. Every one of those dudes, first of all, looks like, once again, Schillinger's right-hand man with their shaved head, undoubtedly. And number two, like they, they're so big and bulky that it's, it's like they've, ma- they've turned themselves into an unwieldy person. Like, like you've made yourself someone who's now difficult to park. You're difficult to maneuver around. Like you don't fit in a lot of chairs. Like your arms don't go down all the way. If your back itches, you have to get a friend. Like there's, they really really devote a lot of their life including loss of comfort to that i think i don't know i, I don't understand getting that the in. super fly jimmy snooker uh was a bodybuilder uh before being a wrestler so, and he's and he said that he bench pressed 525 i um probably there, i can't find it there's a gif on that it gets popular on reddit every so often where a guy puts a sticker on this like strong man's back and he just he, can't reach it in any direction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just stuck. <laughs> yeah. It's My dad great. always talked about they used to play uh, softball tournaments when he was in like his late 20s and 30s and stuff. And they travel around Georgia and play these like men's slow pitch softball. But apparently it was very competitive for some reason. And he was always talking about someone brought a ringer in, this big muscled up guy they thought he could hit. But he was so big he couldn't swing the fucking bat because his arms were so big. <laughs> so you can definitely get too big. 
Oh yeah, that's funny. I love this. <laughs> Can we watch <laughs> yeah. it together? It's it's only a few yeah, seconds sure. long. I found it. Yeah, uh, I'm at zero. All right. Ready, set, play. <laughs> he knows. Try to get it. Huh? Try to get it. <laughs> <laughs> That guy wants a loop. I don't know if he's trying as hard as he can. I don't know. There's a lot of belly and a lot of arm there to get in the way. His arms aren't that long anywhere. He really you did nail the spot. You know what? I would take that trade off to have a body like that. <laughs> would you? So. Oh no! You yeah. can get stickers. Here, look at this. This guy. Uh, his name is Kirill Salyachev, and he benches. Um, 738.5 pounds. Tiger Woods benching 190 back in 01 and at the peak of his career. World record. Alright. You have to go to like a minute and five before they do it. Or a minute and five before we before you start it. Oh, I'm at 106 now. Ready? Set? Yeah. Play. Yep. See how you see how short of a stroke he makes, though. How much? How, look how far the bar travels. Yeah. My arm no, is I mean, so much longer. That, well, that's a point too. His chest is enormous, so that's definitely got to help. But the distance traveled is probably a third of what my arms travel when I bench press. That's interesting because that guy's also the that guy's a head taller than every low. single person in the crowd. It seems yeah, like it's... I could significantly increase my bench press if hypothetically I could just make my rib cage four times larger, right? Because I sure. can do the very end of it. I can lift a lot of weight that last inch. Everybody can. You say. Oh, everybody can. That's the easy uh, part, right? Oh, oh, the last inch, you think? Yeah, kind of like a yeah, squat, I guess, too. You know, well, once well, you get well, past down the... here is definitely the hard part. And if mm -hmm. you're not, especially if you come to a full stop and you don't bounce off your uh, your mm -hmm. chest a little bit, which uh, is clearly what he's doing with 700 fucking pounds. Because you I, can't do that in competition. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that's. I'm saying that he was not bouncing because oh, oh, a, he had to not, go it's all illegal. The way down. And, a, it's illegal. And B, like it's probably not an effective technique with that much weight. That's outrageous. That's the worst feeling. I haven't bench pressed in so fucking long, mm -hmm. but when you're trying to get like the last one up and you just know that there's not enough strength left in you to do it and the guy's like saying like, come on, you got one more, one more. And it's like, no, I, I don't. Like, don't I, yell I, at me. Like, I'm going to like, I'm going to turn into Rudy and be like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm fucking out. Like, that's, I, that's it. That's all the strength. I I'll haven't been pressed. I haven't bench pressed like a lot, like because fitness was important to me since roughly around when Taylor was born. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I remember like it, you know if even like five pounds or two and a half pounds lighter would make a big difference. I wonder if that scales up, right? Because I don't know what I'm benching. Some normal person weights, but like at seven hundred, if you just you know you just put like two fingers under and help the guy, and he could do so much better. Is that true at 702, or is it? I believe so. With an athlete like that, I do believe it's so because I, I bet for him benching 650 pounds is a whole. It feels so much lighter than this. I bet because that's, that's how it pounds, is for me, right? Right. Like it, like yeah. 150 feels like nothing. 175 is gonna get pretty fucking pretty fucking heavy real fast. So let's say he's benching 700, and that's a struggle for him. 
and then I come along and put two fingers under and help. <laughs> like, does that help at all? I think it does. It yeah, will a little bit because like you're probably putting like I don't know thirty pounds of force. Like you're lifting up a bit, and so you're it. really taking thirty pounds off of it or twenty pounds or something. I just wonder if so I take off like five, if that makes as much difference for him as it does for regular people when they're at one fifty. No. You yeah, say not, not as much, but it definitely no. would make a difference, I would imagine. Mm. Yeah, that that always terrifies me when I see guys doing this. It makes me wonder, like, once you get big enough to do 300, 400, like, what is it in you that's pushing you to 700? Dysmorphia. It, <laughs> body dysmorphia. What, Testosterone. What gets me is um, uh, the the arm wrestlers. When I like, oh, especially if there's some hint that the arm might break this time, that freaks me out. Because when those arms break here, that is hard to look at. That's... Yeah, it's it's very unpleasant. Yeah, don't like that. Yeah, I don't like watching arm wrestling videos because it's like one in two that it's gonna <laughs> happen. Know. Because otherwise, what is the fucking point of uploading an arm wrestling video? Yeah, N- nobody, nothing unexpected. Stallone made a movie. Happen. Sylvester Stallone made that movie over the top where he's a truck driving arm wrestling competitor trying to win back the love of his son. It's awful. It's it's oh, man, just. That's, a, I, I, I saw can't that movie imagine in the theater. being interested in what an arm wrestling truck driver does to save his son. <laughs> I saw that movie hey, in no, the theater. Not, and as we're wait, exiting wait, the theater, in danger at there was, there all. He's trying a, to win back the love. As we're exiting wait, wait, the theater, quick, there's a the big your, group off of. Off the top of your head, uh, name something with. Think of a movie with lower stakes. Try and think. Then a son's Real love? Then, this, then his son. The stakes. Think of something lower. Oh. Well, there's plenty Think of, of lower stakes than trying to make your son like you more. Sleepless in Seattle. Never oh, seen true it. true love. He's going for true love. So Stallone. But son? You fuck. It's <laughs> <laughs> Meg Bryant. Comet Pizza. Or Cosmic. I think I just think it's Cosmic. I, I <laughs> Jingle all the way. Yeah. There you go. There's a real shit Christmas movie. Christmas with the cranks. You know, the real yeah. thing at stake during that movie was with the, I was going to live till the end. <laughs> I had, you know, a racer very close to my wrist. Is that the one with Daryl from The Office? I don't. I blocked most of it out. The, the black guy from The Office was he in it? I don't. I don't recall. It's been uh, so long. Uh, <laughs> you guys gonna call it a show? Yeah, yeah, we could do that. I want to talk about a PKA later, but and and we're ending now. But I, I watched a video where this guy is kayaking and fishing, and and two hammer shed head head sharks come and basically attack him. He's poking them with his. I don't know what you call the paddle that's a, a thing on each end and it's for kayaks, but he's poking them with it like a spear and cursing at them. And then he's, he's going for sure. And then he has to stop and fight them some more. It's outrageous. Well, well be waiting out. for that. This <laughs> Teaser. Patreon, Saturday for no Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was PKN 122. <laughs>